Today we're going to start Jimmy Stein's very famous roster countdown where he ranks the Alabama football roster. Tony Mitchell is going to start out at number 87 with some good reason. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, one thing you do every single year is you rank the Alabama football roster. This year, uh, got a surprise at number 87. And I guess we're going with 87 because that's how many scholarship players we have right now, kind of. It's kind of hard to say, but there's 87 that we should count. And, uh, yeah, there's 87 that we should count. Uh, whether all will be on the team this fall is up in the air. Uh, I'm not reporting that all 87 are on scholarship. It's just there's 87 guys we should count. So we're going to start with uh, with 87, Tony Mitchell. Yeah, uh, Tony Mitchell was suspended. Uh, he's been uh, obviously arrested in Florida um, back in March in Bonifay, Florida. Uh, had Was going – very, very fast uh, and was carrying there in the car. There were guns. There was marijuana. There was a lot of things that led you to believe. Yikes. This is a problem. Um, so, you know, this is a guy that comes in from Thompson, um, one of Alabama's pipelines, which weirdly, I mean, if you go back and look at the guys that have come to Alabama from Thompson, Mm-hmm. They hadn't had a ton of success. Tamari Kate's out of here. Tulia Tungavailoa wasn't here very long. He's at Maryland, obviously. Tony Mitchell, we're going to talk about him today. Um, gosh, uh, Peter Woods is at Clemson. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah Alexander is probably the success story. And and I do think Jeremiah, uh, he's going to appear later in the countdown. Uh, can't tell you when, but uh, a couple weeks from now. <laughs> and uh, Jeremiah has yet to be splashy at Alabama and and we, as we know outside linebackers a real crowded spot so it's not that he's not good or doesn't have a chance to be good he's just in a probably the biggest log jam on the whole team in terms of where is Alabama's best depth of talent uh probably right there at the uh at the outside linebacker spot yeah it is and um but I, I think the point remains uh, while Thompson has been great to Alabama in one sense uh, the overall production hadn't been awesome. And, right. um, you know, then I would make the argument that probably the best player to come out of Thompson is uh, Peter Woods, and he didn't even end up at Alabama. So um, that's that's sort of a problem. Right. So for all the, you know, Alabama and, and Thompson love, it, it hadn't been a marriage made in heaven. Um, let's hope that it changes. I think Jeremiah Alexander will be a good player. I'm hoping Tony Mitchell gets his life turned around and he can be a good player. But I guess – uh, that's where we'll start right now, Jimmy, just to finish up this first segment. L- before you get into the specifics of Tony Mitchell and, and how he w- would play uh, maybe in his first year, uh, obviously I think you have him ranked number 87 on this list because you're not really sure if he's going to be on the team 100%. And so why don't you finish up this segment talking about what you think ultimately happens with him and will he be a part of Alabama's program? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I recommend 87, not because I think he's the least talented kid on the whole roster. Uh, really, this ranking, the purpose of this ranking, Luke, is to 
to, to basically, I, I want to determine or, or announce who I think the best player at Alabama, who's the best player on the team. And I put that guy number one. Okay, who's the second best player? Who's the third best player? Who's the fourth best player? All the way down to the, to the bottom, right? Well, it's about this, about my long-term 10-year projection or 15-year projection. It's about the 2023 Alabama football team this fall. So the guys I have at the bottom are guys I don't expect to see much this fall. It's not about their talent. It's about who are we just not going to see. You're not going to see all 87 kids play 10 games. That That's not how, how it works. That's mathematically impossible. So, you know, I, I put made the decision to put uh, – basically at the bottom are the kids likely to redshirt. The guys that we won't even see because they're redshirting or that we'll see in just a few games. As you know, you can now play up to four games and maintain your redshirt. Uh, with Tony Mitchell, to me, he's the easiest call in, in terms of who's likely to redshirt. First of all, he may not even be on the team, which is a good enough reason to put him at 87 right there. And secondly, if he is reinstated to the team this fall, it's incredibly unlikely that he would play. Uh, for any number of reasons, but number one, uh, he's working his way. He didn't have the spring. All the other freshmen did, or, or 24 of them did. Uh, they all had a spring to learn, sit in the film room, go over scheme, practice 15 times, uh, third conditioning. There's no way. I know he's working out. I'm sure he's working out. He's not giving up on football. He's working out, probably at Thompson uh, or, or a private you know, trainer in, in Birmingham. But he won't be in football shape, not this fall. Football shape is different. There's being in shape, and then there's being in football shape, meaning that you're in good enough condition to play an SEC football game. So I look, Luke, as, as Tony Mitchell as the most certain redshirt, even if he's on the team at all. And that's why he ranks at 87. It's not a statement about how good he is, because, frankly, I think he is a good player. And let's say he is reinstated this fall or this spring or even next fall. Uh, my prognosis, for lack of a better word, is that uh, Tony is pretty good. Uh, I'm sure this is costing him uh, to some extent in terms of how good he can be in college. But the thing that I like most about Tony Mitchell that I laid out on the on the BamInsider.com message board today, the thing that I laid out there, Luke, is, look, uh, in today modern football, uh, most teams, you play spread it out. Most teams have three receivers, four receivers. It ain't the old days. The old days, you needed a safety who was physical that would knock somebody's block off. It was just a big physical presence in the back end. Today's safety doesn't do those sort of things. For one thing, if you knock somebody's block off, you're thrown out of the game. Uh, secondly, uh, safeties have to cover. We saw in the Tennessee game what an issue that can be. Uh, and safeties need to have man-to-man coverage skills like a cornerback. And that's what I like about Tony. I, I see a safety with a safety's body that has cornerback coverage ability, good hips, uh, good ankles, good feet. He, he, he mirrors his man uh, on a lot of his highlight tape. You'll see him in a lot of man-to-man -man coverage in 7A ball in Alabama playing the toughest schedule in the state. So uh, I, I think Tony Mitchell has a chance to be a really good player, sort of end that Thompson skid that, uh, that Luke was referencing earlier, which is so correct. Uh, but so I, I sort of like Tony in the long term, but uh, in, our, in our 2023 Alabama fall roster ranking, Tony's going to come in last. And uh, I think we all know why. And, 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 and it's pretty non-controversial, really. 
Uh, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about FanDuel. Look, right now you can get that no sweat first bet with FanDuel up to $1,000. That's $1,000 in bonus bets. If your first bet don't win, uh, there's so many things you can bet on right now. The NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, NHL, all that stuff, man. You can bet on uh, college baseball if you're so inclined. <laughs> Some people are more inclined than others. Uh, but uh, you They've can get Alabama now. They're good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, now we got a coach that's not pulling against us. Uh, so visit fanduel.com slash locked on, fanduel.com slash locked on for that no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Fanduel is official sports betting partner of the NBA and of Major League Baseball and of the NFL. So Fanduel is kind of a big deal. And you know, you want to be a part of being a part of a big deal. I don't think I said that right. Um, <laughs> I got it. All right, we're going to continue the roster countdown all week and all month, probably, Jimmy, uh, as we keep going. We'll try to tackle, uh, you know, more prospects on a daily basis. But really, we're sort of keeping today uh, these two segments on Tony Mitchell because um, he's just uh, he's he's one of the more interesting characters in this class. And uh, number one, even if this thing in Bonifay, Florida, hadn't happened he would still be one of the more controversial kids because he was at one time committed to Texas A&M. He kept taking all these visits to Auburn and to Texas A&M and these other places. And, you know, he's committed to, he decommits man m commits to Alabama, but he's flirting with everybody in the world. Uh, then there's that whole story about uh, uh, Jason Caldwell that was left hanging at a Bojangles. I mean, uh, I know Jason Caldwell, good dude. And um, yeah, you, you kind of feel sorry for him. I mean, as a guy who's, been moderately in the journalistic world, um, I can see where that would really stick in your craw uh, to to have to be kind of stuck up like that. So it, it, there's some Alabama fans that certainly get a kick out of it, me included. But um, at the same time, it, it's it, it's not a, it's not a great look. So this kid is is uh, he's kind of your typical defensive back, right? When you think defensive back, I mean, mainly corners usually you think of guys who are flashy, very, very, very confident, sort of Deion Sanders-esque. And, um, you know, that it's all about them. And uh, anyway, it just feels like he would have been sort of a, a polarizing figure without the stuff that happened in Bonifay, Florida. Now the stuff that has happened in Florida has made it where he does come in at number 87 on your list. And let me ask this, had the Florida stuff not happened, do you think he gets significant playing time this year? Uh, possibly. And I say possibly because other freshmen made moves and we had a lot of attrition there. I think, you know, we're bringing in a UAB defensive back today, potentially to transfer. And a big part of that is Tony Mitchell may not be on the team. Uh, Traquan Fagan's left. Jacquez Robinson left. Uh, we, so our numbers at DB aren't good. Uh, today, I would say Caleb Downs is a starter. Uh, I think uh, Des Ricks is, is a guy that's put himself in a position to play. I think Bray Hubbard has impressed some people. Wouldn't be shocking if he played. And, of course, Jaleel Hurley is a five-star. Uh, my point being, uh, there was opportunity for DBs there. So I think Tony Mitchell would have had an opportunity. We saw what Caleb Downs did. So I think the opportunity was there. But I wouldn't. I would put him in about the Des Ricks boat, uh, you know, in terms of would he have played this fall? Uh, probably good enough. Uh, probably an opportunity to be a two, maybe. 
but just being totally honest, I don't think so. I don't think he would have moved. He's a safety, right? Right now, the the ones at safety are Malachi Moore, uh, Caleb Downs, and to some extent, Christian Story. That's who he'd had to beat out. And, and, and I don't think he would have, but he might have. He might have. So um, it, it's a loss. It is a big loss. And my worry for him, Luke, is just missing this amount of time. You might think, oh, that's not that big a deal. Well, it's not that big a deal, but it is a deal. Uh, I, I think he's going to lose a lot of his natural football conditioning and losing this mental time to, to, to be with his teammates and to be with the team and work out with the team, feel like you're a part of things. Instead, he feels ostracized, uh, not a part of things. His future is completely uncertain. Uh, I, none of those things are going to be good for him, even if he does get back. And, uh, and really, that's the next question. And uh, I'm curious to know what your guess is. Uh, will Tony Mitchell ever be a part of this football team? Notable. Here's why, including, I'm sure some people are like, Why'd you even include him? He's not on the team. He's on the roster. Rolltide.com keeps the official roster of Alabama football. He is suspended. He is still on the roster. So, of course, I included. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think he will be a part of this team. Um, but, boy, you know, number one, he didn't do himself any favors. But the rest of the Alabama program hasn't done him any favors either. I mean, you know, going back to uh, the, stuff, the Darius Miles – Brandon Miller stuff, the and then the domestic abuse thing with the with the guy in the athletic department, um, and you know just all the, the gambling pro. I mean, it, there's so much negativity swirling around the university, and it's not is none of it's catastrophic, but it's all just sort of out there. It's just a bad storm cloud, and um, I, I think that that certainly hasn't helped him. So what it does, in my opinion, is probably delay any kind of announcement about what Tony Mitchell will or will not be. Because I think Alabama's got to sit tight and say, okay, can everybody not gamble on our games? Can we not get caught with a gun? Can we not have domestic violence uh, accusations? Can we not do any of those for like, I don't know, a month? And let's just see how it goes from there. And then uh, maybe Tony Mitchell, uh, you know, you can sort of quietly news dump this on a Friday afternoon. Uh, and it, before everybody says, well, that just seems unethical. Well, I mean, that's just the way PR works sometimes. So um, I, I think he will be a part of this team, but it's it's I'm not as confident as I once was. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I want him to be because I do think he's a great player. And here's the other thing you brought up. You said something about, you know, not being able to work out with the team, feeling ostracized. You know, while I was thinking that, look, I'm not trying to be too lenient and especially not – uh, for gun uh, charges, for drug charges, for evading police at 150 miles an hour or whatever it was. I mean, those things are all awful, okay? So I'm not trying to be too lenient. But I will say this, that I don't mind his being suspended or maybe forced into a red shirt. But the problem with being forced into a red shirt these days is he may just say, well, I'm getting in the portal and getting out of here. And somebody else will say, well, we're going to start fresh. And then I think everybody would be kind of cool, like, Oh, okay. Well, he's starting fresh. As long as he's out of Tuscaloosa, he's fine to start whenever. But what I would like to see is sort of a, a mandated red shirt, but he can still work out. He can still practice. He can still uh, be around his teammates because you're absolutely right about the feeling ostracized thing. And that can have long-term effects. And I'm not trying to, again, coddle any of today's youth. 
a lot of today's youth gets coddled. I, I understand. And everybody claims some kind of mental defect now because that's sort of the, the victimhood thing, right? I'm a big believer in mental health. I've told everybody here, suffer from depression, take medication for it. So I'm a big believer in that. At the same time, I think there is a lot of uh, people wanting to play the victim role more often than not. So I'm not trying to coddle Tony Mitchell at all. What I'm trying to say is, I think sometimes we also need to, um, we need to try to look at the big picture here. And I think the big picture for Tony Mitchell to really be uh, the best person he can be and, and improve on himself, I think it's good for him to be around his teammates and, and, and not feel like he's an outcast. Because when you do that, you can fall even deeper into a hole. So let's get him around some of the leader, the good leaders on our team, the really good people. And maybe he could, some of that, those kind of traits can rub off on him. So again, I'm, I'm, I'm not excusing what he did. In fact, I'm advocating a forced red shirt if he would agree to it. But that's the thing is, again, going back to the coddled society that we live in right now, because he can have, he would have free reign to transfer if he wanted to, he could probably go somewhere else and somebody, and again, I think most people would say, well, he, as long as he's not at Tuscaloosa, good enough for me. He served his penance. Yeah. And I agree with a lot, a lot of what you said for sure. And I think those are interesting thoughts. One of the things that, that would get me on a soapbox a little bit or get me upset is if he doesn't play for Alabama this fall and leaves or is removed from the team, or if we're going to suspend him and he doesn't like how harsh the punishment is, so he just transfers out. And like you said, Luke, I have no doubt that an, that that another SEC-type school would say, okay, you can come here and it's a fresh start. Now, now it's you know, you know normally three strikes and you're out. You're going to show up with two strikes. But, yeah, we'll take you so you can get your fresh start here. You almost feel like Alabama got punished for doing the right thing. and And that's what really stinks. And that's what – ultimately needs to be addressed by the SEC office. I'm not talking about Tony Mitchell's case. I'm talking about in all cases. When a, I think, I think when a player is kicked out of your program for behavior, I think there should be a league really can take it because you're punishing the team for doing the right thing, for, 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 for doing right by the kid, by doing right by the other 84 kids on the team. And, and you're like punishing them because, you know, if Tony Mitchell isn't playing for an Auburn or for a Texas A&M or for Tennessee, now we're playing against him. And they took him, you know, and, and he, he wasn't eligible to play for us. Uh, it, it, it just didn't uh, – that just wouldn't sit right with me, and that hasn't sat right with me for a long time because I'm not just like Tony's case, but other cases. But um, Luke makes a good point about even if he's suspended, he should probably be practicing him with the team to kind of help Tony. Frankly, it's helping him. Isn't the right thing to do by the kid is change the behavior, uh, make him see the light, turn it around, be a better person. Isn't that the, the right thing to do by the kid? But uh, that all being said, sometimes, Luke, this gets uh, what I would call procedural. And here's my guess as to what's going on. I do not know. This is not scoop. This is just guess. Um, I think Alabama's got to wait and see what happens with this criminal case because I think we have a real problem uh, student-wise, not even football-wise. But I'm not sure and, – and if somebody knows, please come in in the comments if you know. I think if you're convicted of a felony, uh, I'm not sure you can be enrolled. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. Uh, but that might be 
a thing. What certainly is a thing, if he's convicted of a felony, he might serve jail time, uh, which is going to make it problematic in terms of him showing up for practice. So I think in terms of what's going on, is he on the team? Is he going to come back? I'm just guessing this is a big waiting thing to see what happens. Maybe the charges will be reduced to a misdemeanor, and that can help Alabama make a quicker decision. But while this felony charge is hanging over him, it may be that we hear nothing at all. And if he's not working out with the team and he's not enrolled in school, then he wouldn't be on scholarship. All right, Jimmy, let's take a break. Let's talk about a guy that may be coming in uh, that, that could be taking the spot where Tony Mitchell would have been playing. And we're back. I wasn't a long enough pause for me to understand where to put the dead gum advertisement. That was stupid of me. But uh, anywho. Pause again. Huh? Pause again. I, <laughs> all right. And we're back. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, Jimmy, Jalen Key from UAB, uh, he uh, is a safety. I'm trying to get a lot of poem work in here. Um, Anyway, so he's going to be visiting again starting today, I think. And um, he's a guy that it sure seems like if, if, uh, if Alabama wants him, it sure seems like he will be in Alabama. Um, what are your thoughts on him? I mean, and, you know, I'm not against taking him. I'm just saying, you know, Alabama's – in the end, he's a safety that was playing at UAB, and and now he could be starting at Alabama. That's just interesting to me. Yeah, if you've got the available spot, I mean, ultimately what it comes down for me, if uh, Coach Saban wants my opinion and I'm waiting for the phone to ring to see if he does, um, first of all, if you have the available spot and available scholarship, what's the harm? I mean, if you've got the spot for him and and and, and that that's a, above our pay grade here, if we take him, I assume we did. Uh, if you have the available spot, why not? Uh, so I think that might rule the day. Uh, but here's why I love it. Uh, I love this. I question it. And then I don't like it. All three. Uh, I love this for this reason. Luke, we have very little experience in the secondary. Very little. Uh, Kool-Aid's played quite a bit. He's back. Teron Arnold started a handful of games. He's back. Earl Little is a likely starter. He's a freshman, redshirt freshman. Didn't play, haven't played in a college game at all. Caleb Downs a likely starter at all. Christian Story is an older kid. He's been around. He knows the scheme. But he hasn't really played. I, I, he's probably played just a handful of snaps with ones in games. Malachi Moore is our most experienced player. He's back for sure. So that's one really experienced safety. And we got one really experienced corner in Kool-Aid. Um, there's just not a lot of experience back there and experience is a big deal. And that's why I would love bringing in an older kid who's played in games. Uh, and, and then in terms of the skill set, I like that too. He's a big kid, 210 as a safety. So he's big, uh, but he runs, I've heard even reportedly, he, he consistently runs a full four. That's an anecdote uh, or, you know, but it's not verified, but I, I believe that based on, on who's telling me, uh, I, I think he's a real four, four guy. Uh, and he's 210, so that's spectacular. Uh, here's why I question it, and then I'll, then I'll, at the end I'll tell you why I don't like it. I question it just because, is he really going to play? Only like bringing in a portal guy is going to start, but who's going to the bench? Uh, Earl Little, Christian Story, or Caleb Downs? Because we know Malachi's playing. We know Kool-Aid's playing. We know Terrion Arnold is going to start at the other corner. This kid's a safety. So that's three spots. Right now, the remaining three spots belong to, as we speak, probably Caleb Downs, Christian Story, and Earl Little. So if we bring in this guy, 
one of those three is very likely sitting. And if it's Christian Story, Christian's probably just the likely starter in dime. Are we going to bring in this guy and he's just going to be the starter in dime? Maybe, maybe. I'm not saying no. The only reason I question it, Lucas, is because I'm I'm happy with our top six guys. I think our top six guys look great. I think we're going to have one of the best secondaries in the country. I don't see us needing a guy to come in and put her a little on the bench or put Caleb Downs on the bench. Hey, I, don't, I don't see us needing that. But, hey, coaches know than I do. So maybe they see a need that I don't as far as there. And here's why I don't like it. And I'm being a little nitpicky here about recruiting and development. But first of all, this guy's story, uh, you know, it's a little Tyler Harrell, to be honest. I mean, I, as much as that sounds like a warning bell, and I'm, not, I'm just saying, look, he wasn't highly recruited. That's why he's at UAB. I'm not trying to be mean. Let's just be honest. Compared to Alabama, compared to Florida, compared to Texas A&M, compared to Auburn, Tennessee, he's not highly recruited. He's signed with UAB. Uh, and, then, and that was 2019. Uh, he, he, he played in three games, and that was special teams. In 2020, year two, uh, the COVID year, UAB did play a bunch of games. Not him. He played in like three games, uh, barely played at all. Uh, 2021, okay, now he's year three. Is he a starter? No, 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 no. He's barely playing at all. 2022, did he enter the season as a starter? No, no, he didn't. He, he became a starter after somebody got hurt. Now, once he played in the game, good. in fact, 60 tackles, three picks, caused two fumbles, uh, had a sack. I mean, he was really productive when he was on the field at UAB, playing UAB schedule. But he wasn't even – he was a starter for one time last season. So he sat on the bench for three years at UAB after being a lightly recruited guy. That, that, that's not the kind of bio that gets me really interested as – potential Alabama Crimson Tide starter. Um, so that that's why I would I would throw up any sort of breaks about – we have fans that get excited about everything. Every kid that commits is the next guy to wear a gold jacket in the Hall of Fame, and they get excited about any kid. I, I mean, I, Coach Saban's taught me a lot, but one thing's for sure. I mean, they ain't all going to be All-Americans, and sometimes we do make mistakes. And last year we bought a kid in from the portal from Louisville – who hadn't played a ton to other kids at Louisville, none of us could name, didn't really work out. So uh, my, I'll just say this, my expectations are going to be really reasonable. If, if, if Alabama does sign him, uh, I am personally not going to project him to be an immediate starter as if that matters to anybody. Uh, I won't because based on what happened at UAB, I, I don't see him beating out one of our top six kids. Now I could be wrong. I'm not projecting Tyler Buckner to start either. So uh, and again, all this is just my opinion. And heck, I thought it might rain this morning, and it hadn't yet. So, ah, uh, the old yeah, music. right here at the end, I muted myself. Let's call it Monday, the Monday mute, <laughs> the Monday mute. That ought to be, you know what? That ought to be a podcast that we do. Like the we Monday put mute. out a podcast, and it's just me sitting here with my mouth moving, and every now and again, you chime something in, and that's it. But anyway, um, nobody can hear shit. Oh, excuse me. I shouldn't say that now. Nobody hears stuff. I don't know if I can edit that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Locked On. I don't ever do that anymore, and I did it. Um, anywho, um, you mentioned the Tyler Buckner thing. I'm glad you did because it feels like this is a Tyler Buckner light kind of situation. Like, we like what we have on the roster, and then everybody's like, oh, we may go get this guy out of the portal. And we're like, ah, we're not really going to do that. Like, oh, my God, we did that. 
So you were just talking about all the guys that are on the roster, and I'm like, I like all those guys. But apparently we don't have any say-so, much to our chagrin. So um, anyway, Jim. We are right sometimes. I I self-deprecate all the time, but you know what? Sometimes we're right. We were we were uh, listening to the show last summer. I got stoked about Tyler Harrell for a brief period of time, but you know that that was one I was pointing out all the time. All you people comparing this to Jameson Williams are, are absolutely missing the whole boat here. And 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 simply because I mean, look, he really got guys on their bench that should be starters at Alabama, and. I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule. Maybe, and maybe this kid blossomed late. I'm big on that too. Hey, some kids, it takes a while. Maybe it took year four and now boom, he's an NFL player. Though that said, he is NFL draft eligible. He didn't enter the draft. He entered the portal. Well, I'm kind of ready for you to stop talking because you're talking me out of this guy. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, that's going to do it for today's podcast. We will talk to you. Wouldn't it be funny if uh, in the football building right now, like uh, he's sitting in uh, one of the assistant, he's in, he's in T-Rob's office and, and T-Rob's got locked on Bama on in the background. <laughs> T-Rob's like, really we want to hear. And then in the background's me going, oh, he's not even playing at UAB. Or, or if T-Rob goes like, you didn't even start at UAB? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We got to go. Uh, roll tight, everybody.